1: Well, there you have it, folks. I was wrong. I threw out a lot of theories on who the big bad and Loki was going to be. I backed one particular theory, one that was my very own, one that I chose based on the structure of how one would write a mystery novel, and I was completely wrong. Or was I? Let's talk about Loki, episode 6. Hello and welcome to episode 198 of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that has to believe there's a variant of the show out there in the multiverse somewhere that's number one on the podcast charts. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and today we're going to talk about the final episode of season one of Loki. Wait, season one? Does that mean there's going to be a season two? Yeah, we'll get to that. But first, episode number 200, is coming up fast. And since I talked about Action Comics issue number 100 for episode number 100, I wanted to talk about a Marvel book that has reached 200 issues for episode 200. Right now I have it narrowed down to four choices. The Amazing Spider-Man number 200 from 1980. Thor number 200 from 1972. Iron Man number 200 from 1985 and The Incredible Hulk number 200 from 1976. I do have a poll set up on Twitter. If you want to go vote for which issue I'm going to talk about, you can go on over to Twitter to do that. The link will be in the show notes. Or if you don't do Twitter, send me an email with your choice to feedback at justanotherfanboy.com. Now, I am going to be recording episode 200 on Monday, July the 26th, So make sure you get your email in or you vote on Twitter before then. With that out of the way, let's talk about episode six of Loki. The episode was entitled For All Time, Always, which was the motto of the TVA or the Time Variance Authority. This episode was directed by Kate Herron. It was written by Michael Waldron and Eric Martin. And Wikipedia describes it like this in the Citadel at the end of time, Loki and Sylvie meet Miss Minutes and reject an offer from her creator, He Who Remains, to return them to the timeline with everything they desire. Meanwhile, Renslayer leaves on a mission to find free will after receiving information from He Who Remains. He Who Remains reveals to Loki and Sylvie that he created the TVA after ending a multiversal war caused by his variants. As the timeline begins to branch, he offers them a choice. To kill him and end the singular timeline, risking another multiversal war, or to replace him with his successors in overseeing the timeline. Sylvie decides to kill he who remains, while Loki attempts to stop her, pleading that he wants Sylvie to be safe. They kiss. But Sylvie sends Loki back to TVA headquarters. She kills He Who Remains, unleashing a multiverse with timelines that cannot be pruned. At TVA headquarters, Loki warns Hunter B-15 and Mobius that He Who Remains variants, that's a hard thing to say, the they should have put, the variants of He Who Remains are coming to wage war, but they do not recognize him. Loki gazes from the balcony and sees the statue of He Who Remains' likeness. Again, that's stupid. They should have said the likeness. They should have said Loki gazes from the balcony and sees a statue in the likeness of He Who Remains instead of the Timekeepers. All right. So, yeah. Loki and Sylvie enter the Citadel at the end of time. They are confronted right away with Miss Minutes, which for a moment there, (laughs) as soon as Miss Minutes popped up, I thought... Holy crap, the guy from Heavy Spoilers, I think his name is Paul, he was right. Miss Minutes is the big bad. But of course, Miss Minutes is not the big bad. She's just a program that works for the big bad. He Who Remains. Now, He Who Remains is played by Jonathan Majors. We all should know him, or if you don't know who he is, he was cast to play Kang the Conqueror in the new Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, Quantum Mania, whenever that is going to come out. But this is not Kang the Conqueror. In fact, th- what he wears is a bit more reminiscent to uh, what Immortus wears, the character Immortus, without the big freaking helmet. And Immortus is just a version of Kang. So this is a guy who tells them that he's from the 31st century. He discovers that there is a multiverse out there. And then he creates the technology to open the doors between the various multiverses. He goes into each multiverse. He meets variants of himself. They work together to make things better. They share technology. They are very altruistic. Did I say that word right? Altruistic. Altruistic. I think that's the way you say it. They have very uh, hopeful ideas in mind. They're trying to help their various universes. But eventually, some of the variants of himself that he meets are, uh, quite evil. And they start using this technology and this way to, to walk between the, the various universes and travel through time and all that. They use that to start doing evil and going back in time and conquering and all that stuff. And one of these, of course, maybe all of these evil variants is Kang the Conqueror. It's just not this guy who is called He who remains. Now, he, along with the others, helped stop this. Basically, these the the evil variants started a, a war between the multiverses, between the various universes in the multiverse, is probably a better way to say it. And uh at one point, he who remains discovers an entity out there. And I feel like he even described it as it's something that was created because of all the things that they were doing, messing around with the timelines and the multiverse, and they created Eliath, who we met in the the previous episode, the big giant time-eating smoke monster. He is able to tame Eliath and he weaponizes it, is the way he puts it, and he uses Elioth to end the multiverse war, create the one sacred timeline, he then creates a TVA, and he has been overseeing this timeline ever since. He has taken it upon himself to ensure that another multiverse war is caused and he's doing that by basically taking away everybody's free will he has determined what's supposed to happen or at least he has seen what he feels is supposed to happen in this particular timeline he's been all over the timeline and uh he uses a TVA to ensure that what is supposed to quote unquote supposed to happen actually happens but of course he's done he admits he's done this through uh lying and deceit and inventing the the godlike timekeepers. and they don't really explain why he did that. He probably just felt that working in the shadows through these fictional timekeepers was it made it easier for him to get the job done. And that's when he basically tells the two of them, look, he uh, because at one point Sylvie tries to kill him. She attacks him numerous times. He's got a uh, time twister thing on his hand, and he's able to move in and out of time. To, in essence, dodge her blows. But he doesn't touch anything to do it. It just happened. And he explains to her that that's because he's already seen everything that's going to happen. And he programmed his time twister to make those jumps at the appropriate times. Because he knows that she's going to attack him. And that's when he explains to them that there are two options on the table for the both of them. For Loki and for Sylvie. They can go ahead and kill him. And introduce free will back into the timeline, which will cause the timeline to branch into a million multiverses, multiversal universal thingies, timey-wimey stuff, which will bring back his evil variants, and they will surely start another multiverse war as they try to conquer all the timelines, and he's thinking of Kang. They never mentioned Kang's name, but That's who he's thinking of. He does mention at one point when they ask what his name is, because he doesn't call himself He Who Remains. That's something that Miss Minutes calls him, and he actually thinks it's kind of creepy. But he never gives him a name. He says he's been called by many names, and one of the names he says is he's he's been called a conqueror, and that's Kang the Conqueror. Anyway, their two choices are kill kill him, which will more than likely start another multiversal war, or... They can take over for him. He has gotten to the point where he's been doing this for so long. He's old. He's tired and he wants to, he wants to stop, but he doesn't want to just stop without having someone there who can continue his work. If nobody's going to continue his work, if it's just going to go back to a multiverse with chaos, then yeah, he might as well be dead. That's basically what he's telling them. Well, they reach a point during the conversation where he suddenly hits a, he calls it a threshold. He tells them he has been lying to them. In as much uh well, when he when he has told them, when he has told them that he knows everything that's gonna happen, he admits that he only knows everything that's gonna happen up to a certain point, and they just cross that line. He says, Everything after this moment that just happened seven, eight, nine, ten seconds ago is kind of the way he put it. I don't I have no idea what's gonna happen. And so Sylvie decides she's gonna kill him, but Loki stops her. He's afraid that he who remains is telling the truth, that if they kill him, that a war will start, and Loki doesn't want that to happen. She doesn't trust, Sylvie doesn't trust he who remains, and she doesn't trust Loki. And there's actually a, a moment where he says, you know, you, she basically asks him, why are we looking at this differently when we, in essence, are the same person? We're just variants of the same person. He says, because you can't trust, and I can't be trusted. And he tells her basically that, because she's like, oh, I see. So all it comes down to is that you just want to rule. This is, it's back to you wanting to be King Loki. You want to rule the timeline. This is all about your glorious purpose and getting your power. And he says, no, it has nothing to do with that. You have to believe me. All I want is... I don't want a war to start because I don't want to see you get hurt. I want to keep you safe. That's the only reason I want to do this. And that's when she realizes that he is in love with her and she is in love with him, even though they're the same person. And they kiss. And she basically, I can't remember what she says, but it's a, you're you're at that point now in the show where you're like, okay, they've come to an agreement. And she basically says after they kiss that they have not come to an agreement. She opens up a, she has stolen because Man, I'm getting, I'm all over the place. He Who Remains, after they reach the threshold and he no longer knows what's going to happen, he takes the time twister off of his hand and he sets it on his desk. So as Loki and Sylvie are kissing, they turn so that her back is to the desk and she snatches up the the time twister. And when their, their kiss is complete, she uses it to open a door to the TVA and she kicks him through it. And then she closes it before he can come back. And then she kills He Who Remains. And then you see outside the citadel at the end of time, you can see the 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 timeline is there. It's this glowing white line that just move, is moving past the citadel outside in space, basically in the void or wherever the end of time is. And once she kills he who remains, it starts branching off, and then the branches start branching off, and then those branches start branching off, and they're just countless timelines that just, you know, a multiverse, countless universes branching off from the one sacred timeline. She sits down on the floor and she cries. We go back to Loki. He's in the TVA. There are moments during all this where we go back to the TVA and we see that um Mobius confronts Renslayer and he tells her that uh, he and that we are telling everybody the truth and we find out by we he's talking about Hunter B-15 who Renslayer had imprisoned in the previous episode she is being chased by other TVA agents she goes to man I can't even remember where it is now I honestly don't remember it I don't know if that is all that important but it's it's somewhere in I think it was in the 80s or the 90s it's a, a school where in the episode where you see Renslayer using a pin that has a, a slogan on it from a high school, it's that school. And we learn that she was a teacher there and she arrives as the, you know, the teacher version of Renslayer arrives as the TVA agents are confronting Hunter B15. And she's like, what's going on? And the guy's like, Oh, Judge Renslayer. And she's like, what are you talking about? And, and that's how B15 is proving to these guys that they are all variants. Renslayer started out as a teacher and she was pruned and, and this was the moment that caused the timeline to split once she realized that her life, you know, she encountered these TVA agents. So all this is going on back at the TVA. And then when Loki comes back, he realizes that Sylvie is going to kill or probably already has killed he who remains. There's alar- alerts and alarms going off in the TVA as the, the, the timeline is just Branching to infinity, basically. And so he's running through the TVA and he locates Mobius and Hunter B-15 who are looking at a temp pad. And he's saying something to the effect of these, these are they're more timelines than I've ever seen. And she goes, should we prune them? And he goes, I don't think we can prune them. And I don't think that's what he wants. And so that's kind of a head scratcher at first. And then Loki runs up to him and he's like, it's happening. He who must not be named, his variants are coming. They're going to start a war. They're going to kill everybody. We have to do something. And that's when we learn that suddenly Mobius and Hunter B-15 have no idea who Loki is. They've forgotten who he is. And uh, once that dawns on Loki that, hold on, they don't remember me. What's going on? He goes to the balcony and he looks out over the TVA. And there is, instead of three statues of the timekeepers, there is a statue of He Who Remains, except it's not He Who Remains. It's a variant. And it is the Kang variant. While he's not wearing the Kang helmet, he is definitely wearing the Kang outfit. And then that's how it ends. And at this point, I'm really scratching my head because I'll be honest with you. I was under the impression that none of these Disney plus Marvel shows we're going to be more than just one season. I think they talked about it after WandaVision or during Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I feel like at one point somebody said that these are more like mini movies. And they may have just been talking about WandaVision and uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And when I say mini movies, that was a stupid thing to say because obviously they're about six hours long each, so they're they're maxi movies. They're like giant movies. They're stories that they need to tell that they wouldn't be able to tell during a just a, a typical MCU movie. And so they, they, I feel like, in, in my mind, they were telling us all three of these shows. They're just going to be season one. They're they're setting up stuff that's going to happen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in movies like Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, uh, Ant Man and Wasp, Quantum Mania, Spider Man. Uh, Far From Home? No, what's the new one called? I no, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. And then, of course, Captain America. But it ended, and I thought, okay, well, this is a cliffhanger. They're going to play a post-credit scene or a mid-credit scene that's going to bridge the end of this show with Doc, the new Doctor Strange movie, and then it'll say, you know, Loki or Kang or wh- whoever will be back. We, we will learn... I'm thinking that we're going to see a mid-credit or a post-credit scene that's going to introduce us to the new Kang. We're going to see that he's now the leader of the TVA. He's starting this multiversal war. And then it'll say at the end, Kang will return in uh, frickin' Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania, and more multiversal hijinks will be seen in Doctor Strange. You know, something like that. But instead, all we get is a folder on a desk, and then somebody stamp puts a stamp on it, and it says, Loki will return in season two. And my mind is just freaking blown at that point. Because to me, it opens up so many more possibilities of what we're going to see based on what happened just in this show. It's obvious that some of the Marvel movies are going to be dealing with the multiverse. Doctor Strange and the new Spider-Man are obviously dealing with the multiverse. And some the theory, and I believe, and, and it's one that I'm leaning toward at this point, is that Kang is going to be the next Thanos, right? Phase three was all leading up to the war with Thanos, basically. Well, phase four, maybe five and six are all going to be leading up to a big multiverse war, basically secret wars, not the 1985 one, but the, uh, the one that happened, uh, just a while back that Jonathan Hickman was in charge of, which was about a multiverse war. And it, and it, it brought like, uh, some of the characters from the ultimate universe into the main universe and so on and so forth. I never read it. I will eventually. But I think that's what they're leading toward at this point. And I don't know how many seasons they're planning of Loki. Uh according to heavy spoilers, Paul, the guy over there said that uh production weekly is claiming that production begins on season two of Loki in January of twenty twenty two. But I don't know how many seasons there are, but I feel almost like at this point that season two is or or at least the Loki show in general is is going to be kind of the thread uh, that runs throughout many of these movies in the next, at least Phase 4, possibly Phase 5. It depends on how long they stretch this whole multiversal war thing out into. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him or other TVA agents such as Mobius or Renslayer popping up in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, or Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, or the new Spider-Man movie. You know? I mean... Who knows? I'm just really excited. This, this show, I really enjoyed WandaVision. When it ended, I was really excited about what, what is going to come out of it. Same thing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But this, this series, this season of Loki just freaking blew my mind. And, uh, at this point, because they've now created this multiverse, the possibilities really are just endless and you just really don't know what's going to happen at this point. Um, And I'll tell you what, there had been a number of times, and I think I said it when I was talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I was always leaning toward the look, nothing super important is going to happen in a Disney Plus show. These are here just to, just for the, for the, for the uber fans. Anybody who, who anybody else could just watch all the movies and they're going to be fine to a certain extent. You know, when they watch the, the new Captain America and they see, Sam Wilson as Captain America, they're not going to question that because Endgame ended with Captain America, Steve Rogers, giving Sam Wilson the shield and telling him he's the new Captain America. When they go watch Doctor Strange and they see Scarlet Witch show up in Doctor Strange and she looks completely different as far as her costume, they're probably just going to give you an explanation of, you know, how that how she got to where she is. So you don't need to watch WandaVision after Loki. However, I feel that all that's out the window. And frankly, I've, I've, uh, apparently there was a quote by Kevin Feige back in 2019, even where he basically said that, uh, if you want to know the future of the MCU, you're going to want a Disney plus subscription. And I think what he's meaning there is that, look, there's going to be stuff that's going to be happening in some of these movies that you're going to find confusing if you haven't watched these shows. And so this whole idea that nothing important is going to happen in these shows just went out the window with Loki, because the multiverse was created or brought back in this freaking show. And that's a big deal. Now, I want to talk about my theory. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, I was, I was both correct and incorrect, okay? I'll explain. I had guessed that the big bad would be he who remain. I was correct. But I also guessed that he who remains would be Mobius, which was incorrect. So I got one part right and the other part wrong. However, I did say that we would not be seeing, I, well, what I said was I didn't believe we would be seeing Kang in this show. They would not be introducing the character of Kang in this show, but that the, the, everybody believes that Kang is going to be the big bad at the end of it and That was probably the best bet. But technically, Kang was not the big bad in this one. It was a version of Kang. It was a variant of the guy who becomes Kang. All we really saw of Kang in this show was the statue. He who remains. And you know, as I say he who remains, I wonder if at any point during this episode, I called him he who shall not be named, which is Voldemort. I don't know. I do that. My brain does that sometimes. So if I did, you can laugh about it. But. What we did see in this show was that by killing He Who Remains, that brought Kang into being. Because if Kang was a guy before and He Who Remains stopped the multiversal, stopped the multiversal war and created the one timeline, then Kang ceased to exist, right? That's, that's, that's the way I understand it. By killing He Who Remains, and bringing the multiverse back, Kang has now come back, and he obviously has now gone back in time, I'm assuming, and has taken over the TVA. That's either that, or uh, Sylvie kicked him through a portal that went to a TVA from a different timeline. I don't know. But, you know, it's funny, because I based my theory on the fact that, uh, you know, basically on a, on a mystery novel trope, a murder mystery novel trope, a whodunit. That if you have a bad guy, if you have a murder in a murder mystery novel, and the point of the story, the point of the murder mystery is that as the reader, as you're reading, you along with the, the the detective or the police officer or whoever, you're trying to figure out who the murderer was. And in these books, you meet the murderer in the first chapter. You just don't know it. Because the point the point of those is that the writer is supposed to write it in such a way that you as the reader are given a chance to figure out who the murderer is. If you go through the entire novel and they introduce a brand new character at the end that is the murderer, then the writer for a murder mystery novel has not done their job. They cheated. Because they're supposed to write something that's so clever and mysterious that even though they have provided you with who the murderer is in the very first chapter, they've woven such a story that you don't figure out that that person is the murderer until the very end, unless you're incredibly clever, which a lot of people can be. But I was basing my theory on that. And what I kind of forgot is that this TV show is not a mystery novel. It's a TV show based on a comic book. And when it comes to comics, there really aren't a lot of rules like that, unless it's a comic book like Identity Crisis which is a whodunit. And I feel like they introduced the murderer in the first book of that. Pretty sure they did. Otherwise, they don't really gotta follow a lot of rules. And I was also unaware that they were going on to a season two. And that does make a difference because in a show like this, it makes sense to introduce a brand new character, someone like He Who Remains. It makes sense to wait until the final episode of a season to introduce them, because they're not waiting till the end of the story. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, this was an incredible show. It's my favorite of the three so far. It's going to be really hard to wait for season two. Frankly, though, it would have been much more difficult to wait for season two if they would have released all six episodes the same day episode one came out that would have been annoying. I know people like to binge them, but I I do enjoy watching them this way much better, especially when there's mysteries and you got all the people online that you can talk to about what's going on. But with the end of season one of Loki, that means that this is the last of the Thursday episodes that I'll be doing on just another fanboy for a while. Now, the next MCU show that's coming to Disney Plus, I believe is What If, which starts on August 11th. I don't think I'm going to do special Thursday episodes for those. At the most, I might add on to the following Tuesday episodes. Maybe I'll stick a bit at the end of each one of those and maybe spend five or 10 minutes talking about that What If episode that came out the Wednesday before. I'm assuming those are coming out on Wednesdays. Um, Yes, August 11th is a Wednesday. I want to try to save Thursday episodes for, I don't know, I don't want to say more important shows because I'm sure What If is going to be just as important because these episodes from What If are ultimately stories now from the multiverse. These are stories that have been created because of what happened in Loki. And some of these stories we might see in What If, we may see in some of the movies. I don't know. But... I want to hold off on doing two episodes a week going forward for a while because I need to have time during the week to work on event or else. I know that later in the year, we're going to be getting the Wheel of Time series on Amazon. And I'm fairly certain that Amazon does like Disney Plus where they put the episodes out once a week. I will probably go back to Thursday episodes when the Wheel of Time episodes start because to me... That was that was a, a fantasy series that kind of changed my um, I've just changed my outlook on fantasy books because fantasy books up to a certain point were I don't know, not 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 as epic and as grand as the, the Wheel of Time ended up being, which reminds me, I, I need to finish the series. I think I haven't read the last two books. I need to do that. Anyway, that's the episode this week, folks. Loki, the season's over. What did you think? There are many ways that you can tell me. You can email me at feedback at anotherfanboy.com. You can find me over on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. Or you can join us over at the or else Facebook group. Any of those is fine. Tell me what you think. Maybe we'll talk about it in a further episode if I get a lot of feedback. Maybe. Maybe. But until then, my name is Stephen and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other.
0: Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.